and they want to feel connected. They want to feel being part of something bigger than themselves. So something that gives them purpose and meaning in life and something that uh, that they feel that, yeah, I mean, I can do that if, they, if that person did it. You know, I can do something in my own way. And it's that kind of, um, I, I believe very strongly that st- uh, stories really um, propel people into uh, inspired action. You are listening to Stories for the Future, Season 2. Stories about fixing our future and about big changes in career and life. Stories about being a beginner and daring not to always know the answer from the start. And stories about creating the best everyday life that we can. My name is Veslema Klavnesberge and in this season I will be talking about connecting changes. I hope you will join me as I go out in the world and talk to people who are making positive changes for themselves, for other people and for the planet. Welcome! Earlier I have talked about the decision about going out in the world and doing this podcast in English. It is almost as if this was impossible for me not to do. And the reason for that is that I have met so many people during the last few years in person or lately mostly online that I want to share uh, as widely as possible. One of the networks where I have met many of these people is the Climate Reality Leadership Corps. And today's guest is one of them. I will introduce her in a minute, but first a few words about the climate reality leaders. I'm sure that many of you have seen or heard about the movie The Inconvenient Truth by Al Gore and also about the follow-up movie after that one. The same year as the first movie came out, Al Gore founded the Climate Reality Project to create awareness and spread knowledge about climate change. Since then, Al Gore himself, along with a number of other experts, has trained more than 30,000 climate reality leaders worldwide in climate science, communication, and in how to inspire action in order to solve the climate crisis. The trainings have been done on different continents through the years, but last year they moved online due to COVID-19. I think you will notice that quite a few of my guests this season are climate reality leaders. That does not mean that they are all about climate or talk about the same things. They are actually very different and have very diverse backgrounds. And that is very much the point I want to emphasize. That today, working to change the world for the better is no longer a job for a special few with a very narrow set of interests and skills. So now to today's guest, Anne Bland. She's a speaker, writer and coach. She has a master's degree in social investment and she has been working for years as a social impact consultant. She has a background as a politician for the Green Party in Finland, which is where she's from. Recently, she co-founded a new company called Future Proof Your Business. You will learn more about all this and so much more in our conversation. Enjoy. 
Welcome so much to Stories for the Future, Anna. It's so great to finally get to talk to you. Thank you so much, Ruslamo. I really, really am honored to be uh, to be on your show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be able to talk to you and learn to know you better. And you know, you're one of the first guests uh, guests from abroad uh, on my uh, podcast. So it's very exciting for me as well. And yeah. to start with, uh, could you please share a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Where do you come from? And where do you live? Um, yes, so that is really exciting um, uh, to be one of your first guests from abroad. So I'm, yeah. I'm actually now in the UK, but I'm from Finland. So I've uh, I've lived here all in all 14 years, but went back to Finland for primary school when my children were small. But all my life, I've been really curious and interested in transformation, whether that's uh, from a personal point of view. Uh, so I've 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 studied um, 650 hours of being a, a coach, and uh, and I also am interested in transformation on a business level, especially in terms of how businesses can be good force. Uh, in the world, um, you know, changing, making a making an impact that is positive, rather than uh, trying to to um, mitigate negative consequences. Um, and I also studied then um, philanthropy and social investment uh, in London uh, as my master's degree. But I've also been a politician because I also understand that uh, politics really makes our world. Where we where we operate, you know, creates the context. Mm. So I was a I was a Green Party deputy leader back in Finland, and and worked globally, including with Al Gore in um, climate reality uh, mm. uh, leadership course uh, that I was invited to um, to do with him um, in Johannesburg. And yeah. so there's quite a lot of things, but I, I've been wondering what is the common thread, and I think it is that transformation that I'm interested in: personal, business, yeah. societal, but also global level. So um, I suppose long-winded explanation who I am, but yeah. <laughs> apologies, <laughs> I'm, I'm still working on that. <laughs> who am I, or who am I yeah. becoming? <laughs> That's interesting, yeah, for all of us, I think. Uh, but uh, we will come back to a lot of these points um but first of all i i wanted to talk about this uh because for the second season of stories for the future we're going out into the big world and this is very much because i have during the last few years come across so many people who do amazing things uh that i want to share as wide as possible um And I really believe that if we share all these stories, we can learn a lot from each other uh, and maybe move the needle faster in all the areas we need to fix, uh, like climate change, green businesses, health, equality, etc. And why do you think it's important to share these stories? Um, and you also live abroad. So what is your experience in connecting ideas and people from different countries? Well, first of all, I think stories are really, really important because we 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 have throughout our lives, you know, as human race, been drawn to stories. And I don't mean, you know, just stories being childish or bedtime stories, but actually, you know, even during cave times, we we were sitting around the fire, 
and sharing stories, you know, uh, information, knowledge and expertise was passed on through stories. And even now, if you think about in business, people really get inspired by by narratives uh, of change, you know, that those transformational mm-hmm. stories. And I think lots of marketing spiel and, um, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, politics even, you know, people give facts and, you know, that's boring. People don't resonate because it doesn't touch their emotions. And then the sales tactics, you know, like second car <laughs> sales tactics that mm. everybody has been taught in business schools, you know, how you need to kind of sell, sell, sell and push is not any more resonating with people. People are just so fed up with information and knowledge. They really want experiences and they want to feel connected. They want to feel being part of something bigger than themselves so something that gives them purpose and meaning in life and something that uh that they feel that yeah i mean i can do that if that if that person did it you know i can do something in my mm-hmm. own way and it's that kind of um i, I believe very strongly that, that uh, stories really um propel people into uh inspired action because you know once you you can get information on internet anytime i mean it's no big deal you know anybody can do a course or or read something about um you know in terms of getting knowledge and understanding but actually having that experiential um uh aha moment through Mm. stories and narratives actually lives in your body and once you get emotionally involved, you will you will actually feel part of it. And I think that's the problem with lots of um, knowledge based, uh, uh, you know, marketing or communications or, or campaigns. Uh, people don't want to hear the, you know, yeah, we do need to understand what's wrong. But what we need to do is to really feel that there is hope and there is a chance mm-hmm. for a better world. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Uh, you you mentioned it uh, briefly that uh, like a climate reality project, and that is actually where we found each other in a Facebook yes. group for <laughs> climate reality project Nordics. Um, I, I will I will add some uh, a little bit about uh, the climate reality project later. But uh, I took the the training in Atlanta last year. Uh, you did it in Johannesburg, you said, but that's uh, some years ago. That was 2014. I was, uh, I was, um, I think it was 2014, and there must have been thousand people there. And yeah. um, and I, because I was the uh, part of the um, national and global Green Party movement, I I was quite busy with that, and I I didn't really do that much within the climate reality leadership. Um, uh, network and only now that I stepped down uh, a few years ago from the mm-hmm. the, the daily politics, I, I realized that you know it is very much part of my um, raison d'être, if you want, uh, you know, uh, to be making a um, a difference for the climate change as well. And I I went back to the climate reality leadership uh, networks and I'm so happy to meet you there and uh, and to see that there's more and more Nordics as well because obviously you know initially there were lots of English-speaking people from English-speaking countries and I think going back to your question before about you know how how does it feel like being living abroad and, and and connecting with people you know it's very 
even before COVID happened and everybody got on Zoom and uh, Skype and Meet and so, Team Meet and so on, um, it has been something that I felt uh, very important that we need to be able to understand different cultures and contexts because the problems are that we're facing as a human race are um, not respecting national boundaries, you know, like climate change. You know, it's a global issue. It's a wicked problem that uh, mm. means that there are no easy solutions. And more we can discuss with each other, more we can learn from each other, more we can do cooperation and collaboration, the better world we are co-creating. And mm. that even goes in 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 uh, same way in my own business because I've – I founded six months ago uh, a business called Future Proof Your uh, Business with mm. a lady that I've only met once in real life. Uh, but yeah. we've been meeting in Zoom uh, uh, three times a week for the last six months and realized that because we share our um, values and we share a vi- vision for future, uh, it doesn't really matter where you live, even if though we live no. in the same country, but we're too far away. And obviously with lockdowns, you know, we haven't been able to see each other in, in a physical um, place. But through, uh, thank goodness for internet, we can we can actually meet and, and, and do our business that way. And it's the same. I've, I've been having meetings to India, to Zimbabwe, to, yeah. to the States. You know, it doesn't matter where people Mm -hmm. are but because we have this wonderful way of connecting now we can actually start uh, also I think climate reality leadership uh, training is online now so it is going to affect more and more people you know and more and more people have access to the wonderful uh, training tools and and uh, the knowledge that's been shared there so I think it's a it's a really kind of the world is getting smaller but in a way the problems are not, and and there is an opportunity for us to actually step up and and find those partnerships that will yeah. be resonating with us. That is so interesting that you what you tell about uh, starting your company <laughs> with somebody that you only met once. That is that is fascinating. We have to talk more was, about that. That was actually after. That was after we founded the company. <laughs> wow. So wow. Uh, so it sometimes it just happens, doesn't it? You know. And yeah. It's yeah. And, uh, we haven't regretted so far. <laughs> no, that's good. But yeah, I have exactly the same experience as you, and I was was actually mentoring on this uh, uh, climate reality training uh, this summer oh, online wow. and Excellent. yeah and I met this uh, fantastic group from uh, from South Africa oh. and that uh, it did uh, two things um, at least for me that was very surprising the first thing was that I learned so much about um, challenges and uh, things they are struggling with that I didn't know about. Like it, it gave me a different perspective, and also all the solutions and all the great things they are doing down there that we in Norway can learn so much about. Like, uh, yeah, or learn from and and take ideas from. So it was. It was really an aha moment for me. So I, yeah, I, I see why you can do what you're doing with your company. Uh, yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. So, so tell me more about Future Proof Your Business. That's the name of your company, right? It is. It is, and um, and we we were just um, 
I suppose because my background is in social enterprise and social impact um, management, uh, you know, and and Sue Jackson, my my business partner, she she's an um, she's a financial expert. She's been an accountant, and uh, and also studied coaching, and um, and really feels that um, she's been in charities as well as a uh, trustee and so on, and and runs a social enterprise network in in Reading in. Um, in the UK. So we had so many commonalities and yet we're complementing each other. I mean, I, I could not ever understand or even want to do spreadsheets and she loves spreadsheets and <laughs> all the financial <laughs> management, even though I've studied it, it was part of my degree. It wasn't where my yeah. natural flow is. And, yeah. uh, and it's kind of understanding where you are um, not so good at and where you are good at. And then just finding people that you can, you can complement um, under that same kind of vision and, um, and value base. So um, we've, we've been helping businesses and funnily enough, um, in Africa uh, more. So, um, so uh, there is something that um, I find interesting about Africa is that they, they are people are really kind of leapfrogging the, the industrial revolution problems that in the Western world we had mm-hmm. and kind of going directly into the, you know, they don't even necessarily need banks. You know, you can just, with your mm-hmm. mobile phone, you can pay, you know, a, a sheep or goat herder can just buy more animals, you know, through through their um, mobile phones and so on. So you, you don't need to even start establishing uh, big banks that then um, are too big to fail and cause lots of economic financial problems, like we mm. saw with the crash earlier. And uh, and there are so many things that they can do with respect to their own traditions and not kind of take the, the negativities and externalities that the Western world has done and actually learn from those mistakes and mm. go faster and there is such a, a hunger for solutions, such a hunger for for business and entrepreneurship. And and what what's been interesting is that there's been kind of a silo between kind of do gooders, you know, NGOs and charity work and the the development aid, and then the massive multinational corporations that tend to exploit and cause havoc, you know, with people and and uh, environment. And actually marrying, you know, good from both worlds, you know, the, the value base and looking after and the care of the, of the uh, voluntary organizations married with the business acumen of, um, of entrepreneurship and, and making that into a social impact business, I think is a very interesting proposition to not just Africa, but to every business, because our you know clients and consumers and and even voters citizens they they want businesses to do more the whole idea that businesses are just for maximization of profits is very old fashioned you know mm. consumers have become prosumers they want to actually put their money where their value base is and if as a business you can't match those changing needs you will not going to be successful you're not going to be thriving as a business so the the course and program that we have online is is all about how do you design a social impact business, even if you already are an, a, a company or enterprise or you want to set one up, uh, and how do you manage that? You know, there is a process um, that we've created that is all about uh, uh, managing your social impact, you know, also looking at those narratives and impact stories 
and mm. how you can use them in more alignment with 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 people rather than those very hard uh, pushy sales tactics that lots of companies have done in the past and still do. So that's yeah. that's what we want to do, and we want to really create a community of one million social impact businesses around the world. It's a it's a big target, but it does inspire. And today I was just reading a, a beautiful uh, quote which said something in the lines of that every person needs a mountain. And I, I'm sure you can relate that being a Norwegian. Uh, every person needs a mountain because if you, if you have a mountain, it will make you feel a bit scared, but it's inspiring as well. So it's kind of yeah. a way of, of, of having big enough vision and a goal that it really kind of oh you know that would be amazing if that happened if I really was able to do that and uh with collaboration with others and it kind of humbles you as well makes you feel small and realize that you can't do everything on your own you need to you need to have a network of people and and uh and kind of pass the baton as it were and uh and a little bit do like um Poluana, I think, was the series. Yeah. At some point. yeah. Well, you know, you do good, you know, let the kindness be, you know, contagious. <laughs> yes. But I think that's yes. the future. That's in the essence is the future. You need to become Poluana as a, as a business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good picture. Uh, what, uh, what, how do you find these businesses that you work with now? And what kind of, what, what type of business uh, is your, is is the first first ones you have been working with so far? Well, it's interesting. They they they've been uh, different types of them. So we we've had uh, lots of because we're just starting up. So we haven't really um, managed to get our systems. Not even a proper website. I mean, on our website we have a mini guide that people can download for free uh, about um, uh, quadruple bottom line, which is in our kind of. Um, tagline even in our logo and branding which is uh, purpose people planet and profit and mm. uh, and how you can how you can start thinking about those four p's within your own business but otherwise we've been working with um from ed te- you know um education technology company and a um uh agricultural uh business as well and community businesses uh, so it's it's mm. been very narrow so far in terms of um you know um who we've been working with however it's very interesting and exciting because those are the you know food if you think about it food and agriculture and mm-hmm. ed tech those are and communities those are really the the uh the three biggest things i think will be going forward you know we we will have ai artificial intelligence taking us over with you know singularity they say will be here in five five years time it's you know the mm. you know the um the robots and so on you know uh augmented reality and so on it's all here virtual reality is mm-hmm. here and next year we already will be seeing so many interesting things and there are lots of risks involved but also lots of opportunities and as a human race we really need to be ready for the time when it happens that ai is more intelligent than us and can actually create its own value base and and start kind of thinking, oh, not sure if these people mm. are nice mm. enough 
to, yes. to, to be allowed to live. And, you know, it's, it's very scary in a way. But also, you know, we, we, we can't hide away and, and start thinking that, um, you know, that's it. Let's just do like on Titanic dance and drink, you know, until we sink. You know, we mm. need to really start raising the consciousness and awareness and start connecting with each other, not competing, but actually mm. connecting, even and especially in business, which has caused so much havoc in the world um, before. So, uh, so it's that kind of, I'm really excited about technology and, uh, and ho- how it can help us to, if we have the right values and, and, and really wanting to make good in the world, it, it can really be a powerful way of also allow us as human race to continue living on this yeah. planet Earth uh, without needing to take Elon Musk's uh, spaceship and um, yeah. escape somewhere. <laughs> but also yes. food. If you think about food, you know, that's, that's the most important thing. And as climate uh, reality leaders, we know all about, you know, climate change and its effects um, uh, on, on food and the hunger and poverty and, and migration. You know, the, um, the refugees, you know, go after food, don't they? So mm-hmm. because of these horrible weather patterns uh, disrupting um, their food security and, um, and causing civil unrest and, and so on. So it's, mm. uh, and communities, we all need in this high tech world, we need communities, we need to be having personal contact. And during COVID, we saw and have felt the pain and the collective trauma of not being able to see our dearest loved ones or, or yeah. having our normal social lives. And it's just kind of um, uh, degenerated into a small screen, your social life, and it's very painful. Yeah. And people are not being designed not to touch each other and not to be in each other's company. So, you know, enhancing community-based businesses is very, very important as well. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm very curious about one thing you say about your company. I think I read it on LinkedIn. It says, uh, we are not your us- usual business consultancy. We do this in a spirit of playful adventure, positive flow, and purposeful action. Uh, so how do you implement these factors when working with uh, business leaders or, or companies? Or how do you plan to, to implement them? Well, this is, this is actually a very interesting thing. And it goes back to the idea of um, how businesses have been kind of very linear uh, tunnel vision, you know, you need to have a goal and a strategy and you need to just push towards that no matter what, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter what happens in your supply chain, doesn't ha- matter what happens to the planet, doesn't matter what happens to the people, you know, as long as you make profit. And um, and it's caused a lot of um, problems. And, and we kind of found it... Um, and I'm not saying it's uh, necessarily gender-based, but there is an element of, of you know, us feeling that we need more feminine type or style leadership, which is more caring, more collaborative, more inclusive and mm. more fun. And it's that kind of energetic, you know, feminine energy in a way that we feel is lacking in, in business world. And it is very, at the moment, very kind of hierarchical rather than partnership-based. And it kind of goes um, hand in hand with the idea of, of, of a new type of conscious capitalism or collaborative capitalism, 
uh, theories mm. where where you know it's not just that neoliberal way of understanding our economic system, uh, but it's like kind of again how, what's good in that and what can we bring new, and it could be just I mean we we just we just have a lot of fun that's for sure we you know in our mm. community calls we 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 are a bit whimsical sometimes a bit silly but but it, it's important to let your hair down and and allow some some sense of joy and happiness and fun into into your business because otherwise we burn out we are energetic beings and we need to really have pleasurable moments as well and yeah. and have that um joie de vivre and it's it's you know or it could even be just that okay let's just sit for a second and meditate you know just just ground ourselves and you know, if world gets too scary, how how can we support ourselves and each other, and and just kind of take stock and just kind of understand the natural rhythms of of nature and ourselves. So you know, we kind of in Western world have been so used to being in the kind of summer peak season where we are all the time at our top performance and high performance and achieving. And mm. actually, we do need sometimes to take stock. You know, there is a time when you have to decide, okay, is this working? You know, what can I prune? What am I harvesting? What can I stop doing? What do I say no to? What do I say yes to? And just kind of, you know, have that autumn time. And then that beautiful mm. winter time when you are kind of hibernating and you need to really kind of, you know, just not do anything and just be quiet and just... And in business, that's not necessarily allowed, but you need to mm-hmm. have those even throughout your working week, you know, to have days when you when you are in, in a way in your winter, because when you are in your winter, uh, you then start some, something underneath that frozen landscape will start uh, germinating a new ideas you know, a new, uh, new thing start germinating and growing. And then you are back in your spring and then you're, you know, uh, doing something new. So even in products and, and, and services and projects, you have or should have those four cycles. And to really understand that it will be better and beneficial for your business if you, if you respect those cycles. Because if you are just always in your summer, you'll just burn out as, a, yeah. as an entrepreneur, business leader. Yeah, I like this way of thinking and the the seasons. That's very interesting. Um, I I want to talk a little bit about greenwashing, which yeah. is is it's talked a lot about these days, uh, and of course it's really really important to avoid it, uh, and so that companies ju- don't just wear sustainability. As a, as a nice suit on the outside to look good, uh, while the inside is just like business as usual. But at the same time, I'm sometimes afraid that some companies can be scared of even getting started if they constantly face the danger of being put out there as someone trying to greenwash their company. What do you think about this? And and how do they start? Like if, if you were to work with a company at, uh, like a normal company from the from the past, uh, not having thought so much about these things. How do they start from the scratch to make their company more sustainable or future proof, as you call it? 
just one step at a time, very easy to start. I, mm-hmm. I, I know there is, I really recognize this fear of, um, of, of, you know, starting because there is, uh, you know, a lot of stigma in, you know, and especially, you know, corporate social responsibility agenda, you know, people kind of think that, oh, it's just, you know, one person in one little, you know, room somewhere once a year writing a glossy report that goes mm. into, you know, nowhere. You know, it, it will just, nobody reads it and it, it gets forgotten, but at least we can say, tick box, you know, we've done it. Mm. And it's that kind of um, uh, fear that is very, uh, you know, it's valid. You know, people people don't want to be accused of, of doing that. And, uh, and it can hinder them not even starting, as you say, but in the end of the day, you know, is, is, is that, you know, I can acknowledge that fear and I hear it and I see it and, and we, we have to give, you know, or I invite, you know, compassion, you know, towards that kind of fear. Um, however, I bet there is a part um, of that organization, part of those people there who feel that, no, we could do more and we should be doing more. And, and one of the ways is really then to start thinking about that purpose, you know, those four, four Ps, is mm. really to think what is our business why? Why do we exist on the marketplace? What would happen if our business didn't exist? And you start kind of understanding the impact it is creating and then st- talking to your stakeholders, not just your employees and your um, board of uh, board of directors or owners or or volunteers or customers, but also you know the wider public who who you um, who your company products and services benefit. Even investors, you know, bringing investors in, uh, especially impact investors, is really mm-hmm. useful because they are they are very savvy nowadays. They really want their money to make. Um, there is a new breed of imp- uh, impact investors who are wanting the, the businesses to actually make good in the world and they are expecting social return on investment, not just return on financial investment. And, and that's another topic perhaps later. But, you know, it's, it is something that you can, you can start um, uh, mapping out, um, for instance, um, through theory of change, which is looking at what is the, the purpose of your business, what is the mission, what is the impact you want to create, and then in a way reverse engineer uh, very logically. So, for instance, if we want to um, create more employment or if we want to um, uh, empower women in business or if we want to, um, for instance, in Africa, uh, to, to, to have people uh, eating uh, low-cost, organic, well-produced um, um, local food, you know, what, what what do we need to do? So you start kind of thinking then, okay, so if that's what we want to do, uh, or in effect climate change, for instance, you know, mitigate that, uh, mm-hmm. you can then start thinking about outcomes, you know, so so what changes to uh, to planet or people? And then what are the actions uh, that yeah. we need to then have to, to cause the outputs for the inputs, i.e. the resources we have available. Yeah. And if we don't have enough resources, how do you then get them? And that's when the impact investors come um, and patient capitalism, uh, patient um, capital uh, comes in. And it's really uh, interesting proposition there to start kind of thinking, okay, so how can we together you know, solve this problem that my mm-hmm. company wants to um, wants to um, 
serve. And often it comes from the personal, you know, the business leaders or entrepreneurs, personal why, the North Star, what keeps them um, moving and getting up uh, every morning despite of what's happening outside. It could be, Mm -hmm. you know, something to do with their, you know, personal experiences and feeling that, no, actually I can do something about this. And even if you're an, as you said, an old style business, you know, there mm-hmm. is some passion there. There definitely has been some passion. So rekindling that passion, why was that business set up in the first place? Yeah. You know, starting to align that with the purpose and then kind of really logically starting to map out and then managing the data, you know, collecting data, collecting the evidence and uh, being very transparent about your assumptions. You know, that is the key for uh, for this um, impact washing or greenwashing fear Mm -hmm. is to say actually this is what we want to do but this is what happened so even if something went wrong you are you're owning it up you're taking responsibility for it and and communicating it to your stakeholders because people actually when they feel again going back to that experience you know having that um that compassion okay so i know what you as a business want to achieve you couldn't do it this time and you explained why, and now you've explained what, what you're going to do to rectify that. You know, I, I do trust you. It's really creating that trust in your stakeholders that will be the key because people will want to want you to succeed. You know, they will want you to, you know. Um, you know, we all know that the, the favorite cafe we used to go before uh, used to go to before COVID and now they're bankrupt and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. You know, you, you knew, you know, you had your gluten-free, you know, cake or, or, you know, your fantastic smoothie or latte or whatever, rooibos tea, and they're gone and they're not anymore there. So people really want to support those businesses that they feel are doing good in the world and, and, you know, Yes. So I think maybe keywords here here are uh, transparency and openness um, while you are trying so that people can see your intentions. And uh, yeah, yeah, you said it very beautifully. Thank you. I was very long winded. My apologies. No, that's (laughs) it. It was very interesting. I think this is uh, a really important topic to talk about and think about. Yeah. Uh, so uh, moving on to you starting a company. I know that for me, one of the biggest challenges of creating a business or develop any idea or strategy is for me to deal with negative feedback. That is my thing. What are your biggest challenges uh, in being an entrepreneur and starting a business? Well, so far, I think we've been a long time in this honeymoon period <laughs> with this new business yeah. where everything is just so, wow, wow, this is exciting mm. and beautiful. Um, but, you know, there's obviously been uh, times when you need to really negotiate with uh, how how will you show up and, and perform and, you know, just to get those rules right. I think personally for me, it is always it's always been doing too much. And 
And I, I, I'm, you know, very good at talking about the seasons, and that's why I suppose it um, it resonates with me so much because I just always want to be creating new things and, you know, going to the next level and the next level. And and I forget the autumn and uh, winter for me. You know, I have um, seasonal <laughs> affection disorder, so you know, November time for me is the horrible <laughs> time when I'm I just don't want to come out of the bed and. And yeah. and it's just really accepting, you know, what is that doesn't feel good because we are so conditioned that we need to be successful. We're so conditioned by culture and up- upbringing that, you know, you need to be in a certain way. And it's really trying to find the part of you that can be compassionate and really loving and, and kind of, uh, you know, saying it's okay. I mean, in America, even they say that you're not an entrepreneur until you've you've um, gone bankrupt a few times, mm-hmm. and uh, especially I think in in Nordic countries, it's not really it's it's such a big shame, you know, if something like that happens, and and in terms of negative feedback, uh, I would turn that into a question if somebody comes, and I think I suppose that's what I learned being a politician. And a high-level politician, um, it, I just listened. It's really because there is worry, there is fear behind negative feedback, unless it is something genuinely that you've done wrong, and then you just take the responsibility and own up to that mm-hmm. and apologize. But if it's just kind of you know trolling or you know people just being horrible, you know what's the best thing is to just listen. In my opinion, is to just really understand what's behind that emotion and what's behind what's the really bottom line reason why they are like that and then thanking them you know thank you for your feedback you know thank you and and that's a good and turning it into a question and then answering that question you you recently received a prize you told me (laughs) (laughs) you want to share something about that and congratulations by the way Thank you, thank you. It's it's quite uh, exciting to all of a sudden, you know, just a few months down the line, and and you submit um, to a competition, and and yeah. then um, then come up with a with a with an award. So I'm really thrilled and and grateful. It's a uh, it's a network called Genius U by uh, Roger Hamilton, who's been my mentor for for a year now, and mm-hmm. um, and also Sue Sue Chucks, and that's where we met in that network, and it's a it's a network of entrepreneurs global entrepreneurs i don't know they say you know over a million entrepreneurs are there and mm-hmm. um and uh, but it's it's very interesting because there's so much happening sometimes it's very chaotic but sometimes you know it's really useful when you can really hone down and sit sit down and and do the work and learn and the the community is amazing i think that's the best uh, best okay. thing about that but the uh, competition was about our vision for next 10 years Mm-hmm. And one of the things we really feel is uh, important for us uh, in Future Proof Your Business is to is to um, uh, help uh, United Nations Sustainable Development Goals to be met by 2030. And that's why we also um, decided to have that big goal of having one million social impact businesses that mm-hmm. we will want to help to to create because. If they do that, we hope then that those 17 sustainable development goals, number 13 is climate action, by the way, um, mm. you know, you have 
you can categorize them perhaps in three ways, you know, active economy targets and beautiful society targets and clean planet targets. And there's 17 goals and there's, I think, 167 targets uh, within Mm -hmm. those 17 goals. And if we have enough organizations around the world um, systematically, and going back to your, your greenwashing, actually, you know, if you can demonstrate that you are with those targets and indicators of SDGs, that will be a very powerful way of, of taking away that fear of uh, greenwashing or impact washing because you are actually demonstrating them in a very um, uh, proven uh, way. So what happened was that we we submitted or I submitted our um, pitch deck, as it were, slide deck for next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, it got the award panelists really excited so (laughs) next week i'll be trained by the top mentors for five days normally they would have um this event happening in south africa or in bali in their retreat place but because of covid we can't so that will that will be postponed to next year end of next year but we're already starting now online and i'm really excited about that opportunity because it means that as a business person, you don't always have the time to really sit down and plan. So next week, we're going to look at eight different areas of a business and and do a plan week by week for next year. And that will keep us on track. And again, if we want to have that one million organizations within 10 years uh, doing social impact proactively, you know, we need to start mapping backwards from that okay so what does it mean in in five years time what does it mean next year and so on so so that we will hit those targets in a in a in a systematic way and that will I know help me not to burn out (laughs) because uh, I actually have a plan and I know okay so I've planned you know downtime there's vacation time there's you know no weekend work and so on. So it's uh, at least a plan. <laughs> so, and having having those people on board will be great, great resource for us. So I'm very yeah, that to. sounds fantastic. Uh, I, I, you have to tell me more about this later. This yes. is really interesting. Yes, happy to. <laughs> uh, you, we have talked about adventure, positive flow, and purposeful action. Yeah. I would guess that in this mix inspiration plays a vital role where do you get your inspiration like is it podcast is it ted talks is it network is it where where do you find your inspiration wow that's an interesting question me personally Mm. yes (sighs) do you know in the end of the day it's really going within because I'm a very extrovert person and um, and I, I realize that sometimes when I when I go into that action mode, I'm not um, trusting myself enough to to really listen to to what my purpose and my North Star really is. And and I've noticed that more and more, and actually thanks to COVID, I've I've had to be quieter, I've had to be more introverted. Mm-hmm. And that has helped a lot. I really feel that that inner work is so, so important. And and bringing, you know, for instance, meditation to business world is, I think, a very, very powerful tool. I mean, lots of, we've heard lots of stories that people, you know, big 
CEOs have got their best ideas in a rose garden or, or mm-hmm. you know, digging potatoes or whatever, you know, bee, bees, you know, looking after bees. And just kind of having that moment to themselves and being doing something that's nurturing and and loving and uh, nothing to do with your um, left brain. And I mm. think that's very, very, very good to do. But in terms of inspiration, I do, I am a lifelong learner, so I'm always learning something new. Um, and just recently, Sue and I participated in a, it's kind of more than a book club. Uh, we, we read a book by Jacqueline Novogratz, called The Manifesto of uh, Moral Revolution. And mm-hmm. it is all about new leadership and the whole idea about uh, collaboration and uh, patient capital and um, listening very humbly, you know, uh, other people's points of views, uh, holding opposite uh, polarities, opposite forces with tenderness and understanding things are not simple and easy in this complex world and still be able to function, things like that. I think that they're, they're, they're really, and having that moral imagination uh, that what if things could be different? And I think that question, what if, is really, really potent where you can sit down with other people and start thinking, what if we could change the climate? Um, you know, what if we could do this and that? And it starts, you know, people have that infinite source of creativity, that energy that really is our life force. And when you allow that to happen, you open your heart and you allow that creation, co-creation happen, it is just so beautiful to be in that flow. And that's where your inspired action comes from rather than that old way of pushing action. You know, oh, you need to, you need to, do the hunt and just go after your, you know, next sale or your next whatever customer. And it's kind of, no, do you know what? I don't think so. <laughs> it's more, you know, uh, aligned when you do it in a, in a purposeful way and, you know, yeah, in yeah. that way. Okay. We will, we're approaching the end, uh, yeah. but a final question. Uh, you are working on getting people to future-proof their business. How do you think that the future looks like? Or how do you think it will be ideally? Uh, and what are your hopes for the next 10 years? I actually will. And this is this can sound a little bit braggish, you know, um, <laughs> full of myself. But but I in my submission to the awards, I actually wrote my future vision uh, in 10 years' time. So I'm, in a way, kind of looking um, backwards uh, to uh, 10 years. So this is in the future. So so I'll read it out to you, if I yeah. may. It's not long. Great. So my future vision. So it has been such a beautiful journey to see our future proofers community to grow from our initial goal of 1 million organizations to a network of 10 million organizations and to witness the wider social impact we are all co-creating. Together through partnerships with other change-making networks, we are now able to celebrate the success of the UN 17 Sustainable Development Goals and to say that the world is truly a better place for all people and the planet, whilst individuals have embraced their purpose and become abundantly profitable. 
This includes myself and my co-CEO, Sue Jackson. Our business that includes a social franchise network and an impact investment foundation, as well as an educational leadership platform, grew from a startup to a nine-figure business group through leverage and moral imagination in less than 10 years. This exponential growth was possible because the world was ready to embrace a more feminine and a conscious way of being and doing business, which I, which I feel very humbled by and extremely grateful for. It makes me very happy to see my global friends and family together and live in harmony with the Mother Earth and the other people. I have time for them and I have time for our business, which makes me feel energized and grounded, inspired and centered, knowing that we are making a lasting legacy and are leaving this planet in a great shape for the generations to come. Next year, I'm going on a world tour with Sue to visit our social franchisees, to celebrate their communities and to witness the difference they make every day. This year will be culminating in our annual conference and awards ceremony in Costa Rica, our tropical seaside ecological resort. Wow. I want to be in that future. <laughs> That's for sure. I, I was smiling the whole way while you read it. That was beautiful. I, I, I totally understand why the, the committee got uh, really excited about this. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what you, you can do with this business. That will be very exciting. Thank you. And you're so welcome to join us in any, any <laughs> way, <laughs> any way to co-create something. We, we, we don't even know how yet, but it's going to happen. It, it's going yeah. to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't doubt it at all. It's uh, yes. Uh, so where do people find you? Where? Yeah, you have a, web, a website, which is under development, I know. Yeah. So it yeah. is a uh, uh, future hyphen proof hyphen your hyphen business.com and there is a a download um that you can you can you can go to which is about the four p's people planet purpose and profit and mm-hmm. um and to kind of start stimulating your own thinking and we are on telegram telegram is a is a is a wonderful uh, kind of um free open source platform for um channel uh, and group activities so mm-hmm. future proof can be on uh, found on telegram app and obviously linkedin uh, we we on linkedin as well and in genius you platform and if anybody's interested in genius you i'm i'm very happy to um happy to tell more about it my um email is anne a-n-n-e at future hyphen proof hyphen your Business.com. I I think I will put uh, put it in the show notes. <laughs> I think so. I, I I kind of get confused what comes after which hyphen. <laughs> yeah, I I can uh, I can say that when you have written it, you can it it makes sense. So it's it's easy when you write it. <laughs> <It's easy. laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But thank you so much. This has been so interesting and I I can't wait to to follow you uh, on your journey and uh, see what happens the next 10 years. And I'm sure it will be amazing. 
Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. And, uh, and let's, let's co-create something beautiful. Yes, for the future. absolutely. Thank you so much. So that's it. My conversation with Anna. As she said, let's co-create the future together. I think that is exactly what we need to do. Build partnerships and find new allies. Maybe often the ones that can seem a bit unlikely. Across borders and across silos. If you want to get in touch with Anna, you can just check out the show notes. I will add everything in there. Please share the episode if you liked it. You never know how many new ideas or connections can grow from that. In the next episode, we will explore a totally different field and get to know a very interesting guest who I am sure will give you a great boost of inspiration. Talk soon! Mm-hmm.